1: Science story, huh? These NYU scientists—they felt it right, I was so and I just felt, well, I it, out. Wow.
0: it I was so that tall. golden moment because science was on my side.
1: Welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true stories of how science has affected people's lives. This week's story is from Sarah Peters. The story was told in January 2012 at Under St. Mark's Theater in Manhattan as part of The Told Show, and a very special thanks to them for letting us record it. That said, we didn't do a great job, and the audio quality is a little off. Sorry about that. But we did think the story was so great, you should hear it anyway. Here it is.
0: So I'm talking to a really cute guy, but I'm a little nervous because I'm not really looking my best. The cute guy is attaching 34 metal electrodes to my scalp, attaching 34 skinny little wires to them. It's all wrapped up in cheesecloth, like big, long cheesecloth ponytail, plugged into the wall, and then my whole head is wrapped in cheesecloth, which is taped to my face so I'm not really looking my best. I'm kind of looking like an android, kind of like a sock monkey combo. Um, (laughs) I am in the hospital for an EEG, an electroencephalogram, and the purpose of the test is to monitor my brain waves and figure out why I have seizures. And I'm an epileptic, so I've had a zillion EEGs in my life, but this particular one is different because lately the medication has stopped working Um, The seizures are getting more frequent, more severe, less predictable. The doctors can't stop it and they don't know why. And one of the problems is that despite the fact that I've had a million of these tests, they've never actually caught my brain in the process of having a grand mal seizure. That's French for big bad seizure. And (laughs) aptly named. So finally, I said to my doctor, I was like, look, just bring me into the hospital, admit me, hook my brain up, and don't let me leave until I have a seizure. And she said, wow, I've never had a patient request that before, (laughs) and I can understand why, because a grand mal seizure is awful. Uh, When I have one, I kind of twist my head to the side and my arm folds in and starts trembling like this, My whole body stiffens up, my legs start to kick and pop, my eyes pop wide open and get completely vacant, and my face settles into this really gruesome rictus and I start to foam at the mouth, this really thick, white foam. And once the convulsions stop, I enter what they call the post-ictal state, which is really weird. It's kind of like if your computer has a fatal, crash and has to reboot from scratch starting with the most critical systems um or if you're you're watching human evolution in fast forward because the first thing like it's just your the first things you really need like my breathing starts to normalize and then i get some motor skills back and then the fight-or-flight mechanism kicks in so i can't talk to you but i can run and push and grunt um, and uh it's like almost your, only your most primal urges and needs can function. So, uh, Vincent van Gogh was an epileptic, and they think it was during one of his post ictal states that he sliced his ear off and never remembered about it. During one of my post ictal states, I apparently tore off all of my clothes and then very angrily went to take a crap. <laughs> <laughs> Reportedly, I do this is what I've been told. I don't have any recollection of it whatsoever. Um, because when it happens, I just, uh, it's like I'm not there. And I don't know where I go. But when I come back, I come back to just fear, just completely all encompassing, inescapable terror. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I am. Sometimes I think I'm dying. And sometimes I'm hurt. I've come out of seizures with bleeding gashes down my back. I've come out of seizures with a dislocated jaw, and I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But that's what I've signed up for this week, so I'm not really looking forward to it, but I am committed to the project of having a seizure because it's now gotten to the point that I can't leave my house unattended. It's not safe in case I have a seizure while crossing the street and get hit by a car or have a seizure when I'm standing on the subway platform and get hit by a train or I can't take a bath because I could have a seizure and drown I can't hold a baby because I got a seizure and drop it on the floor and it's driving me crazy I can't go to work anymore I don't socialize my husband just stares at me all the time like he's waiting for me to have a seizure at any moment and jumps out of his skin every time I move and it's driving him crazy and he's driving me crazy and we're just both exhausted and at our wit's end so this has to work so I'm giving it my all and while the doctors will be weaning me off of my medication this week I am doing everything I can to lower my seizure threshold so number one menstruate that helps and I got that one covered number two um, uh, dehydrate so I'm not drinking any water Number three, deprive myself of sleep, so I am just drinking pots and pots of that disgusting cold hospital coffee all night. And I'm doing this for days and days, and nothing is working. So I'm like, all right, what can I try next? I have a monitor in my room which has a real-time readout of everything that's going on in my brain, a little quirky little scratch for each one of the electrodes on my brain. And the nurses tell me that most people turn this off but I park myself right in front of it and watch and I think okay maybe I just need to figure out what will make the lines go all wonky and then I'll just keep doing that a lot and so I have a seizure (laughs) so I watch and I think okay what happens when I chew what happens when I do jumping jacks what happens if I really think about work what happens if I really think about sex and nothing is working at all so I'm like okay All right, maybe I just need to think about seizures really hard. And so I bring out this book I have about epilepsy, and I learn that back in olden times and not so olden times, they thought that epileptics were possessed by demons, which I can totally understand. Uh, They thought we were werewolves. They threw us into asylums and sometimes set us on fire during a seizure to make sure we weren't faking it They thought we were oversexed and masturbated too much, which might be true, and so they would give us involuntary castrations and clitorectomies. So I'm thinking about all of this, and I'm looking at the monitor, and I'm really focusing, and nothing is happening, and now I'm just getting fucking pissed off at the whole thing. I'm fucking tired. I hate this machine. I hit it. I sit back down and grumble for a while, and my husband comes to visit me that night. We're now on day five, and... It's good to see him, we watch a movie, and I feel a little bit more normal with him around. And he's in a good mood, because you know he's been off nursemaid duty for a few days, so he's feeling pretty relaxed. And i um, feeling upbeat and positive, so when the nurse comes in, she and I start joking about what I might do in this post-ictal state. You know, am I gonna rip the plugs out of the wall and start dancing around the neuro ward, naked or something like that? And we think this is very funny. My husband does not think it's funny. He gets really angry with me and starts saying that I'm not taking it seriously enough. I'm like, of course I'm taking it seriously enough. I, if I wasn't taking this seriously, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing this. And we argue. And visiting hours end and he has to go. And we say you know, we love each other, but we're still upset. We're upset with each other. We're upset with the whole situation. And when he leaves, I just break. Because... I've had it. I've had it with this whole thing. I'm tired of all this shit on my head. I haven't been able to leave this room for five days. I haven't been able to take a shower. I am painfully aware of the fact that I look like a freak and I'm so tired. I'm tired because I haven't been able to sleep and I'm tired because I'm just emotionally and mentally exhausted from this whole thing. And this experiment, it has to work. It has to work. It has to, but it's not happening. And I and I, I don't know what to do anymore. So. I go over to the machine, and I think to myself, okay, maybe this sucks, but at least let's remember who the epileptics were before. At least now I'm in a hospital hooked up to all this bullshit, but that's better than being in an asylum on fire with no clitoris. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so I walk up to my machine, and I hold it in my hands. And, you know, I'm, I'm terrified. I'm just scared because, like I said, when I have a seizure, I just disappear. And I don't know where I go. And I'm scared that when I have this one, maybe I just won't come back. And I think, what if the machine just doesn't work and you know, maybe the power's gonna go out or maybe a hacker is gonna come in and they're gonna change the data and say that the seizures come from a different part of my brain than they do and neurosurgeons are gonna come out and they're gonna dis- just remove that part of my brain. I mean, that could happen. <laughs> so I say to the machine, I, I, I hold it and I lean my forehead against it and I say, please, please don't fail me. I'm sorry I was mean. I know I've been unappreciative of you, but I really need some answers, and you're the only one who can give them to me, so please. And I go to bed. Next afternoon, it's day six, and I have visitors, but I don't really want visitors because I'm dirty, I'm hideous, and it's really hard at this point to carry on a conversation because... I can feel my neurological integrity just starting to break down. I feel really, really frayed at the edges. But I'm trying, I'm sitting on my bed, talking to my friend Brad, and it's nighttime, and I'm alone and I'm in my bed and I try to sit up but my arms are so shaky and so weak and I'm really confused. The nurse comes in and says, great job, you finally had that seizure. I was like, I, I don't remember anything this time. She said, well, you know, once the docs got what they needed on the EEG, we gave you a big old dose of Ativan, knocked you right out. So, your husband was great, he was really calm, but then he said he needed a few stiff drinks. So he's out with your friends and he'll be back a little later to see you. And I said, well, but okay, just to, just to clarify, they, the test got what they needed. They they know what they need. She said, yeah, they got everything. They'll be around tomorrow to tell you what they learned. So a little bit later, my husband comes back in looking somewhat apologetic and very bleary-eyed. And I say, babe, they, they got everything. They got what they needed. And he rushes over and just collapses on top of me and starts to sob, just hysterically and he's, I'm trying to like comfort him with my weak useless arms and he's clutching me to him and crying and he's clutching me so tightly that the nurse comes in because she's afraid something's wrong and he gets up and he's still crying and he goes over and hugs the nurse and then the nurse starts crying and I start crying and we're all crying because we're all just so relieved that this thing is over with. The next day a full group of doctors and residents and nurses come into the room looking very, very excited and all the Twitter because apparently, my overactive, overachieving brain has two different kinds of seizures at the same time. And this is something that some of them have heard about in books, but none of them have ever met somebody like that in person.
1: (laughs) So, I am
0: now a celebrity and i have new medication and i'm feeling more hopeful than i have in months so the cute technician comes back takes all of my wires out i get to take a shower wash the glue out of my hair and before i go home i walk over to the monitor i give it a kiss and i say thank you thank you you are so much better than a clitorectomy (laughs)
1: That was Sarah Peters. Originally from New Jersey, Sarah now lives in Sunnyside, Queens with her charming, maddening husband. A tech writer whose work focuses on IT security, she's currently editor-in-chief of a web publication for IT professionals. Thanks again to Told for letting us record the story. Told is a wonderful monthly storytelling show hosted by Horse Trade Theater Company at Under St. Mark's Theater in Manhattan's East Village. You can find out more about them at toldshow.com. That's T-O-L-D-S-H-O-W. Com. For more science stories, take a look at storycollider.org, where we have our magazine, archives of the podcast, and upcoming events. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Wecht, and Aaron Barker. The podcast is produced by Rose Eveleth. Additional help from Brooke Williams, Lena Groger, Josh McCall, Raffaella Benin, and Sarah Amandolari. The theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks once again to Told Show, Horse Trade Theater Company, and under St. Mark's Theater for hosting the show and letting us record. And another special thanks to an airplane for taking me to visit my grandma this weekend. Thanks for listening. Mother's Day is almost here.